What goes on inside the mind of the Singapore consumer? The Kiasunomics podcast series unravels the way Singaporeans behave across different domains like spending, transport, environment, superstition, schooling, and housing markets. Backed by multiple research studies, NUS Business School professors examine the quirks, psychology, and mechanics behind the daily economic decisions of Singaporeans. Welcome to the next episode of Kiasunomics podcast. As an economist, the two things that are constantly on my mind are the role of fiscal policy and monetary policy. Typically, when I think of monetary policy, I'm thinking about inflation and inflation expectations. We have seen significant consequences around the world of high inflation rates. We can go back to Argentina, many South American countries, even Germany during the Second World War. And inflation has corrosive implications on people's lives and livelihoods. Every country is constantly worried about the inflation rate and the inflation expectations of its citizens. Specifically, we care a lot about how these inflation expectations get formed, what are the underlying mechanisms for people having various variation in expectations. You could think about in a survey asking people, you, you can get an answer, the inflation expectation ranging from anywhere from 2% to 10%. And then you are trying to understand why is there so much variance in inflation expectations. So today, we have an expert who has been looking at the role of inflation and inflation expectations and has worked quite a lot in the context of Singapore. So we want to have Professor Yao who has been looking at it and he has actually a very nice research paper on this topic. So we wanted to talk to him and ask him what inspired you to get into this question. First, welcome. Thank you, Sumi. Thank you so much for having me here. So tell us what inspired you to uh, think of this question. Now, so I was inspired after a lunch meeting with a friend, in fact. So I met a friend who lamented that Singapore things are getting more and more expensive. And my friend told me that he expects Singapore's inflation rate to increase at a very fast rate. But I know, and you know, that Singapore's actual inflation rate is in fact low, stable, and less than 1% even. So I look at, look, look at him again, and I realised he has bought a brand new Mercedes-Benz. And he's sitting now, Buddha jump over the wall for lunch. Previously, he drives a Toyota and eats chicken rice for lunch. So I suspected that my friend's inflation expectations are driven by his lifestyle changes. However, this has not been studied in the literature so far. Even though, as I pointed out correctly, there's a lot of attention given to inflation expectations in recent years. So this inspired me to test for what we call the upgrading channel. So for the same product category, households could shift their spending towards brands of higher quality. Consequently, when households buy better quality goods, they will have higher inflation expectations. And to test for this upgrading channel, we then conducted a survey experiment. Wow. So you got inspired by an individual conversation, then you went and looked at the data. So tell us, what did you do in this survey? I mean, what was the survey like? How, what, how many people? What was the survey design? And what did you learn from the survey? Of course, isn't it economics all about people? So people's inflation expectations are of top importance for us. So for the survey experiment, we actually conducted price changes of different brands of ice cream. In particular, Walls and Hagen Dust in the year 2009 and 2019. By giving households price changes of different types of goods, we're going to see how the household responds accordingly. You may ask now, 
Why ice cream? Now, because Singapore is a very hot place and everyone loves ice cream. Now, Wars and Hagen Dazs are household brands. So, while Hagen Dazs is much more expensive and arguably a better quality good as compared to Wars, both prices have increased by around 20% during this time period. So, in a survey experiment, we have three different groups. So, we provide the price of Wars in 2009 for all the three different groups and then vary the price information of 2019. For treatment one, we only provide the price of Wars in 2019. For treatment 2, we provide the price of Hagen Dazs in 2019. And finally, for treatment 3, we provide the price of both Wars and Hagen Dazs in 2019. So, our experimental design is centered on how households, in particular Singaporeans, react to different price changes. So, if we compare treatment 2, which is the one with price information of Hagen Dazs in 2019, with that of treatment 1, which is that of price information of Wars in 2019, we do find that exposure of better quality goods will lead to higher inflation expectations if the current price information of the lower quality products are not made available. Thereafter, we compare treatment 3, which is the one with price information of both Hagen Dazs and Wars. With that of treatment 1, we also find that exposure of both higher and lower quality goods will lead to inflation expectations, but in a smaller magnitude. To quantify the extent that inflation expectations are affected by the price of higher quality product, we then compute something we call an upgrading parameter alpha. This measures how much households allocate the weight on the price information on the different types of goods. And we estimate this to be around 50%. Wow, 50%. That's big. So tell us, mm. what do these findings lead to? What did you do with them in terms of, did you just conduct a survey? Did you also look at other data on people's buying behavior? Of course. So we combine our survey experiment with some data from a Nielsen Homescan panel. So the Nielsen Homescan panel is actually a data collected by the Nielsen group. In that sense over here, we actually created an index to talk about the type of goods. We use the brands of goods to understand how it changes in the consumer's choice of goods within categories in the grocery market. In general, for each category of brands of goods available, we split into 10 different bins based on the price per weight. So here, 1 refers to the lowest price per weight and 10 to the most expensive per unit weight. So this is an indication of the quality of a good. Now, to highlight some key points, the key underlying assumption is that the ordinal ranking in terms of prices of the goods offered in different supermarkets are the same. So for example, in the case of ice cream, we should expect the price of Hagen Dazs to be systematically higher than that of Walls in all supermarkets. So therefore, the ordinal ranking of the average prices across all different goods being purchased will be the same. So this will allay concerns, you know, that people think that the index is capturing price differences across different stores, say Xingxiong, NTUC, or Giant, Cold Storage, and so forth. In our context, we find systematic price changes across all stores and can then isolate the relationship between price and quality as well. Now, there's one issue with our survey experiment, which is that prices and quality are highly correlated because respondents in our survey experiment could mix up prices and quality. So what we did is that we focused on our Nissan Homescan panel data and we do find that there's a relationship of households upgrading to better quality goods across time and it's independent of the price changes as well. Wow. So you use the Nielsen data to corroborate the evidence that you find in the survey data and in fact to tease out essentially the quality versus the price effect that could be on inflation itself. Now, what does this mean? I mean, this is very technical at times, is very involved. If I was a policymaker, if I was a consumer on the street, how should I take this away? What are the findings? What do they mean to me actually as a consumer? Or if I'm somebody sitting at MAS and thinking of policy or inflation policy, how should I think about it? All right, this is a great question. Now, indeed, our findings do have policy implications. 
worldwide as much interest in the use of inflation expectations as a policy tool. So inflation expectations also have a direct impact in the real interest rates. From the Euler equation, we know that the nominal interest rate minus the expected inflation rate will be equal to real interest rates. Now, so in MAS, we use the exchange rate policy tool as a so-called strategy instead. But nonetheless, inflation expectations are also a very key criteria as well. So our paper suggests that to manage inflation expectations, policymakers cannot neglect household choices to purchase different types of goods. So if we want to reduce inflation expectations, the policymakers could seek to increase the availability of goods, especially at the lower end of the quality spectrum. Moreover, public education could also temper inflation expectations. To reduce the surge costs for households, more information on affordable goods should be given if we want to reduce inflation expectations. For example, newspapers, notice boards in estates, or even through handphone apps. Now, we all know that Singaporeans love to upgrade. HDBs love to upgrade a private property. Consumers buying a Toyota or buy the Mercedes-Benz. It happens all the time. But as consumers, we must know that our inflation expectations, if it's driven by our own basket of goods, we must be, we must be aware of how do we manage it and then understand in terms of making our decisions based on the expectations of our inflation. So in sum, we find that quality matters for inflation expectations and both households and policymakers should not neglect it. Very interesting. I recently bought a house. So does that mean moving from a renting apartment to a buying a house, my inflation expectations will jump significantly? And I would think prices are really rising fast in Singapore. How does a consumer kind of learn from this, from your study and say, oh, I need to be wary of how I think of my own inflation expectations? Any thoughts on that? No. So in terms of inflation expectations, as a consumer, what we believe is that, so you say from renting house to buying a house, or you shift from buying HDB to private condominium, you may think that house prices have gone up dramatically and extension, Singapore's inflation rate is going up. But it's not true. You have shifted the quality of your good. You change the basket of goods. As the basket of a good changes, the inflation expectations will then change as well. So it's not a fair comparison in that sense. So it's a mistake that consumers may make and we hope to allay make this obvious to all. So I get your point. Let us think slightly more broadly. If we were thinking around the world, do you think this kind of similar quality problem persist and that creates higher inflation expectations and can this study also help regulators and central banks around the world kind of take notice of that and say we can design policies to help mitigate uh, higher inflation expectations in those countries because quality of goods is going up around the world I think. It's a very fair point. So indeed in countries like the US we do find that different inflation expectations occur for different groups of households. So in fact the actual inflation experience by the poor is in fact higher as compared to the rich in the US. It's been documented in several studies recently and they've shown that it's due to the type of goods they purchase because of bulk discount, where they stay in and so forth. So the actual inflation rate is experienced by households differs. As consequently, the inflation expectations by type of households also differ as well. So product replacement and quality change occurs in that set often worldwide and it's important for us to actually understand how do we affect the inflation expectations because our recent studies in different countries want to use inflation expectations as a policy tool. Now in recent years, worldwide, there's been norm, low interest rates or even negative interest rates. So this makes interest rates itself as a, a weak policy tool to manage economic growth and so forth. So therefore, there have been recent studies trying to use our inflation expectation as a tool to manage household expectations of the future. In fact, uh, there's a new policy tools as well used in the US too. Okay, So from uh, Janet Yellen to Ben Bernanke and recently experienced recently, we do see that there's changes in the inflation expectations experienced by households. Thank you very much. This was a very interesting, nice conversation. And I would point out to the audience that look guys if you went out and just 
recently bought a Mercedes from your Toyota, don't think there's high inflation in Singapore. It's just you upgraded your product and that's why you kind of feel there is higher inflation expectations, whereas inflation in Singapore have been constant for past many, many years at 1%. So it's a very, very stable environment. We want to thank our guest for coming in and talking about his fascinating paper on inflation expectation in, in Singapore and the very cool survey or experiment they conducted. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Stay tuned as we bring you more interesting research-based insights on a wide range of topics in business and economics. Subscribe to our channel now.